This is Creator Culture by Hashtag Paid. Hey, I'm Danny DeSatnik, and this is a podcast all about creators. But not just any creators, I'm talking about captivating storytellers, masterful videographers, and generational writers. Each conversation explores the impact, the true impact, creators have on the people around them. It could be their friends, it could be their family, it could be the audience, and it could just be the wider world. What you'll find is not only astonishing, but so inspiring. So welcome to season two, and what you'll notice is a couple changes from season one. First is the music. I wanted something that almost matched the energy that I like to bring to this podcast. And this new track does exactly that. It is fantastic. The second thing is the structure. You know, I was listening to a Hidden Hillier Smith talk a couple days ago. That's Logan Paul's editor. And he talks about how quite often when you're trying to get a great story across, you need to what he calls kill your darlings, meaning the scenes or the conversations or the elements that you love but might actually not be so important to progressing the full story or the full production. And last season, I would record for an hour. And I think I killed a lot of darlings because a lot of the time I brought the conversation down to 30 or 35 minutes. But some of the conversations were just so phenomenal and gripping that I kind of hated that I had to take out some of this time. So this year, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to let the conversation dictate how long I record for. Maybe some weeks it's 35 minutes, maybe other weeks it's 45 minutes. But at the end of the day, if it's a great conversation that is purposeful and there's new information and there's unique perspectives, that's not something I want you guys to miss out on. And finally, I'm going to try bring a little of my own sauce before and after the episode. Before the episode, I'm going to bring one thing that I found over the past week related to the creator space or creators that I'm really interested in. And for 10 to 15 seconds, just explain why. Maybe it's something that'll pique curiosity for you guys. And after each episode, I'm just going to recap one of my favorite quotes. I think quotes are some of the most powerful things that we can keep around us. They are North Stars. They're great reminders. It's like the coffee in the morning or the ticker or the alarm that you put on your phone to remind you to stay productive. The one thing this week that I've been thinking about a lot is this idea of companies buying the rights to YouTube creators catalogs. So Jelly Smack just announced a $500 million fund. I know there's a company, Spotter, that does this. And essentially they're saying, hey, creator, give me all your AdSense related to a certain amount of videos in your catalog for X number of years. And in return, we'll give you a lump sum payment today. The most exciting thing about that is if a creator needs a lot of money today in order to take that next step or take on a massive project that they've always wanted to do. And yes, there's brand deals, but the amount of money that they may be able to get from a lump sum related to their content could be life changing. So watch out for that. Let's get to this week's episode. I'm speaking with Justin Moore. Now, I'm not going to give a whole intro on Justin Moore, but I'm going to tell you three things about him. One. He is a, what he likes to call, and rightfully so, a brand deal wizard. He's been in the space for so long as a creator and now helping other creators really understand how to be a creator, the business side of a creator, what you have to look out for. Second thing is his purpose. He's on a mission to help creators get a total of 1 million brand deals by 2032. And what a mission. Now, you don't hear people doing that that often. And the third thing is, this guy is just such a nice dude. We had such a fun conversation, a lot of smiles, a lot of laughs, but also a lot of nuggets that made me think where this space is going to go. You'll hear, as I always do, I use the word interesting way too much. But anyway, let's get to the good stuff. Here's my conversation with Justin Moore. Why did you want to become a creator and when did that happen? Man, uh, if it wasn't for my wife, April, uh, I would not be where I am today. I mean, she truly is the creative genius behind all of this. I was in medical devices before this, man. Like, I was had no conception. Like, I essentially, when my wife, uh, when we got together, my wife had never watched a YouTube video. She didn't even, she thought it was just cat videos, like, literally. And uh, when I first, I was like, no, this is really cool. Like, people are uploading videos on here. This was, like, 2008, 
2007 timeframe, right? Like early days. And then she started, you know, watching some of the early beauty gurus like Michelle Phan and like others. And she had a real uh, sincere interest for cosmetics and uh, makeup and things like that. And she didn't know anyone in her life was like into that kind of thing. So she started, you know, watching those videos. And I just kept saying like, you would be so great at this. Like, like I'm telling you, like you, you can do this. And it took me like, a, I think a good year of me kind of like trying to like gently like, you know, push her into, you know, trying it. And sure enough, like she, uh, you know, uploaded her first, we shot our first video with our webcam. I literally had like a, I don't know, it was probably like a, like a 480 webcam or even crappier than that. And then we edited it in literally Windows Movie Maker. I remember this. And it was like, it was so funny. You can go back and look at some of the first videos on the channel. Um, and so uh, it was very much in the early days. I had nothing to do with it. I was like, you know, she was just making videos in the early days. Um, and then brands started to knock. It was like, you know, first it was like free products. Like, hey, we'll send you this free product. And she was like stoked, right? It was like free products like this is awesome right and then you know the the first brand that reached out and was like hey no we're actually gonna like we're gonna pay you to like talk about us she was just like what is happening because she was a preschool teacher and again i was like in medical devices i was getting uh, my mba i was in business school at the time you know when that happened she was just like what do i do and i was like oh here i am like in business school i can like read this contract type of thing right little did i know what i was getting myself into in like early days influencer marketing no one had any idea what to charge no one had any idea what a contract should look like what the terms are that you should be considering with respect to your pricing and all this stuff and so i we just kind of like kicked down the door to the space and tried to like <laughs> crash our way through this because we had no idea it's so funny you talk about you look back at your initial videos and you know that the camera that you used and the quality and how you edited it i'm actually trying to start a youtube channel right now and i released my first video last week and when i rewatched it back the first thing in my mind was I was like, how am I going to see this in a year? And I think it's so great now, but how am I going to see this in a year and, th and feel so embarrassed by this video? It must be crazy to see the transformation that you've gone through, what is now common knowledge for you, both on the business side, on the creative side, that back then seemed so common knowledge. It was like ignorance is bliss, I guess. Well, I mean, I think it's funny because, you know, we've been over a decade now on YouTube. I mean, we're on other platforms and stuff too, but like we still consider ourselves YouTubers because that's how we started, you know, just like long form video. But just kind of a funny anecdote, like we daily vlogged for over three years, didn't miss a day. So like over th over a thousand videos, something like that. And so it's like, I, I know the grind, like we were, we're OG YouTubers in that regard, right? I recently started creating content for other creators to help educate them to be more business savvy with respect to sponsorships and, and that type of stuff. And I got back really seriously into like actually making like, okay, I'm gonna sit down on this video. I'm gonna teach something. It's gonna be 10 tips. It's gonna be, this. it's just different than vlogging. It's a different format, right? You play planning, scripting, all this stuff, right? Um, thumbnail strategy, title strategy, et cetera. So I hired Patty Galloway, if you know him, he's like a genius guru, legend guy, uh, you know, who has an amazing channel of his own. But I was like, let me, let me, if I'm gonna do this, like seriously, let me, let me hire Patty, get him to like look in the, in the, uh, you know, the guts of my YouTube channel analytics and stuff and make some recommendations. And the video that he like basically looked at, this was like six months ago, roughly. Um, I was pretty proud of, I was like, wow, this is a good video. I, I like this. Right. And then he goes in there and is just like, do this, do this, change this, change this. And I was very humbling. Right. But like, but then haven't talked to Patty in six months. And uh, yesterday or two days ago, I just released my recent video called how I lost $24,000 on a sponsorship or a sponsorship fail. And Patty did this drive-by comment like I haven't talked to him and he made left this comment he said it is so incredible to see the transformation that this video is from the first one I looked at the pacing the delivery the story the thumbnail the title is incredible and I was just like like it, it's just so validating it's like I, I told him I was like this is going to keep me going for the next 100 videos right because it's just like with someone that you respect so much and you and you you really are putting in the hard work and trying to improve yourself that's why I think it's so critical as a creator he made this comment which I think I want to I want to mention this and for for everyone to hear because I think it's really critical is that he said when he was looking at our content and this is just more generally for a lot of creators is that Creators who are seeing a slow decline in their performance and in the, you know, the analytics of their content who have been around for a long time. One of the reasons why is because they're still making content that worked in 2018 and they don't understand why, like, why is this not working? And, it, and so much has changed with respect to what the platforms prioritize. Uh, everyone likes to talk about the algorithm, but it's really about uh, consumers 
uh, viewing behavior, right? This big shift to short form content on TikTok and YouTube shorts, et cetera. And just like even for long form content on YouTube, people are prioritizing different things. They're walk- watching different things, even on your own channel, right? So um, that was, that really resonated with me because I was like, you know what? If you want to be doing this, you know, for a living and actually make a, your income doing this, you have to be a student of the process. It's super interesting, but also quite challenging to live in a world where we're driven by these platforms and these platforms are driven by an algorithm and those algorithms are driven by there's a profit-based agenda a lot of the time. It reminds me a lot of the music industry where if you look at the length of a song pre-Spotify and then the length of a song now, it is vastly shorter. Coming back to you, I think it's cool to hear that there's that awareness, right? It's not I did so well then. You've done so many things. You and your wife have had seen, have seen a ton of success in various different areas. But the fact that you still maintain that today and you're teaching people about that mentality, there's the walk and the talk. I appreciate that. And I think it's very easy to get demoralized, I think, because it's just like, why aren't, you know, people get frustrated. Like, why isn't the platform serving my content to the people who said that they wanted to follow me? Right. It's this tension because it's like the platform is really just trying to keep people on the platform for the longest possible time to maximize, you know, watch time or maximize advertising, you know, monetizable inventory for advertising revenue and stuff. So it's like it's a very interesting tension. It is the other drum I beat, which I think is really critical, is like owning your audience. Right. Having an email list. I, we've been on. You know, we've been creators for a really long time, and I just started like a an email list like maybe a year ago, and so I have about twenty two hundred creators on it, and I send sponsorship opportunities every single week to them, and so it's just like it's been even that has been discovering myself in the written word has been a really cool thing because it's like I love writing, but I'd never had really an outlet to do that, and so having a newsletter is just another you know as any creator I feel like you always want to have that ability to just like reach your audience whether it's for you know having that intimate connection with them or promoting something directly to them, whether it's, you know, courses or merchandise or whatever it is. I think that's so critical. What I've been thinking about a ton, and I'm not going to go down this tangent because we got a lot of other great stuff to talk about, but it's this idea of world building or universe building. You have your content, plus you have your following, which lives on these platforms. And then here comes the course, which we're going to get into, but here comes this email newsletter too. And there's so many different doors that can lead into the world of Justin Moore. You're just opening up more doors. More doors mean more people, more people, more eyeballs, more eyeballs, hopefully greater success. But I kind of want to get to this idea of building courses because you and I could 100% talk for two and a half hours and hit every revenue stream that you have. And maybe that's part two, part three, part four. But talk to me about the idea of a course. Let's go to the beginning. What made you think, I want to start a course and what were the first couple of things that were most important to you when starting that course? Sure. Um, so like I said, we've been creators for over a decade, have never really directly monetized our influence. And when I say directly, I mean never sold anything really directly to our followers. Like most creators indirectly monetize their influence. So sponsorships and YouTube ad revenue and things like that, where they're never having to actually make the ask to their followers, like, hey, directly support me. I think, you know, Patreon has has really destigmatize <clears throat> this type of idea, you know, where it's just like, hey, I want to like directly contribute to the, you know, helping this amazing person make more content. And so we uh, actually had a failed attempt at making a kind of exclusive exclusive content play early on in the days of YouTube. And we were ridiculed. Like we were basically like sell out, like, you know, it really did not go over well. And so it was like a major lesson for us that like it was a combination of wasn't really what our followers wanted, but also just timing wise. People weren't like our, you know, people weren't used to that idea of like, hey, I'm going to pay this creator when I'm used to like watching it for free on YouTube. Right. So so that's like a big a big mentality thing. Right. It's, it's much more commonplace today. Um, so that's one thing. The second thing is that when I started creating content to help other creators with sponsorships, I I did not have any idea that I was going to like create a course. It was more like, I need this content to exist because it did not exist, right? Because I have been directly privately helping out my friends and people in my network with negotiations because I have also run an influencer marketing agency for for over six years. And so I've been on the other side of the fence of like helping these brands decide, okay, who, which influencers are we going to select? So it's just like a totally different like, you know, process mentally. And so um, I was just like, you know what? I need to like, people are making so many mistakes. I just need to like make this content and like get it out in the world and then I'll get that out of my system, right? And so I really didn't plan much beyond that. And so I pumped out like, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 videos, all the, you know, like, 
big stuff, right? Exclusivity, usage rights, whitelisting, like negotiating, like pricing, like all the all this stuff that I was like, these videos need to exist, right? And then once I did that, people started making requests, and I was like, oh, okay, like I guess I'll just keep doing this thing, right? And then people started DMing me, people started out, you know, offering to pay me. I was just like, oh wow, this is interesting. Like I guess this is a a gap, right? And so basically, my my logic going into this was just like, yeah, you know, I had an idea that like maybe I could monetize this thing at some point down the line, but I, it really was not part of the roadmap. And so basically what I did when I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to like productize this. I'm going to like my knowledge, my expertise. I think I have something here about how my wife and I have been able to maintain a full-time income as creators for over eight years, especially largely from sponsorships. I think I have some sort of framework and methodology here. Um, and so what I did was not actually make the course initially. It was, I was like, let me do one-on-one -on -one coaching first. So let me actually directly work and prove this methodology out before I try and like impact hundreds of people, because that's a terrible idea. You don't want to like teach a bunch of stuff to people who that's not going to actually get them the transformation that you're hoping for. And so that's what I did. I did one one on one on one coaching. I got some incredible case studies and transform you know, testimonials from people. And then everything has developed from there. Other courses and, you know, uh, like workshops and, you know, potentially launching a, a membership community, all this stuff. So um, it's just been a very organic process, candidly. As you were saying all of this, right away, there was one name that just stood out to me. Have you heard of Sal Khan, the Khan Academy? I have, of course. Yes, absolutely. Your story is very similar to his. His is, I think he had a niece that needed help across the world, right? With math, that's how it started and more people got onto it. But the interesting thing that I took away from what you were saying is how you know you're ridiculed for trying to sell products directly yet courses there's such a strong level of value especially if it integrates with what your content in it and who you you are as a person and as a creator it almost feels like this was bound to happen it almost feels like you were bound to be successful in it because all the pieces were in place and it was just so purposeful mm, it's funny because like uh I, I actually was just driving with my wife in the car the other day and I told her, I turned to her and I said, I feel like I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Like I'm, yeah, it's like I've never, it literally never in my life have I felt like that before. I've always felt like there was just something else for me, like a next chapter or something. And like, I've always wanted to be a teacher. I've always wanted to help people. And literally, dude, I got like, I, uh, I got a testimonial from a, a TikTok creator a uh, couple, like last week. And she said in the testimonial, I can send it to you. It's really crazy. She said, prior to taking your course, I was making $1,400 to $2,000 a month. That was like roughly what I was making. Within two weeks of doing your course, I was making 30, I mean, I had signed $30,000 of deals and now I'm making 40 to $50,000 a month. A month? Seems a little hard to believe. Like how, how could you go from like charging that, like making that to like literally 20Xing your income, 30Xing your income overnight. But it's like, that is the level, that is the gap in knowledge and expertise that exists in the creator economy. And that is my, like I have a mission uh, to help creators big and small land 1 million sponsorships by 2032. Tell me about that mission because like through this podcast, interviewing a bunch of different creators, a bunch of different supporters of the space, there's a whole range. Some people just love it for the creative aspect. Some love it for an element of getting them to a point in their life where they can do whatever they want. Some have, like yourself and like some others, I can think of someone who I interviewed. Her name is Maddie Johnson. She runs an account called Living With Pickles. Also, everything, it, there's a purpose to what she's doing. And when I saw that on your site, I was like, man, that is so powerful. What a cool mission to be on and you genuinely care. There, there, was, this, there was this inflection point that I, ex I experienced um, going through um, the process of creating the course and working with so many creators over the last year and a half and helping them achieve that. There is this aha moment that I see in people's eyes when they get their either their first paying deal. So I have a separate course called Gifted to Paid where I help you transition from getting a bunch of free product offers from brands and then how do you how do you actually transform those into paid partnerships? Um so that's the that's the one inflection point where it's like like that milestone is like huge. It's like wow, I can actually make money from this, right? So that's like the that's one thing and it's I get goosebumps every time I get a DM from someone like, "Oh my god, I watched your YouTube video and I finally like someone in my live stream today said they just got a, an 1000 euro brand deal. That was their first one." And they were like everyone in the chat was like, "Yeah, cuz 
this has been someone who's been watching for six months, right? And so it's like, uh, you know, like that moment, it's just like, I live for that. And so it's like, that's the moment. And then the other moment, which is for creators who have been doing partnerships, but it's like, they go from charging $1,000 a post to $10,000 a post, right? And it's like that other inflection point where it's just like, you realize, wow, like what I'm doing is extremely valuable to brands and to other people that I'm partnering with. Um, and so like those two, those are the two highs that I chase is though when I get people to experience those. And so it's like the mission behind helping people, um, you know, achieve a million sponsorships in the next 10 years. It's bigger than me. It's not just a bit like, I don't care if you take my courses or work or watch my video. I don't care. Like I have the, I'm going to be basically be, be creating. If you see this, you know, led ticker behind my, my left shoulder here. Um, those of you watching on the pod, just imagine this, like it is going to be a live a counter live of of the amount of uh, sponsorships that we're at. So as a community, there's going to be a leaderboard. There's going to be a whole community around this. Everyone cheering each other on, uh, basically being able to monetize your influence and and be able to help you pursue your passion. Right? I, I call it passion freedom. Right? It's like um, I wrote an email to my newsletter about this recently, where it's like you know, so many people did not get into this to be like business people. Right? They got into it for the love of the craft, but they realized quickly that to be able to pursue the craft, they need to be ha- be able to have a certain level of time and financial freedom to do so. And so that's where I come in is like helping you have a business mindset around, especially sponsorships, because that plays up a bit a big you know chunk of a lot of creators' revenue. Uh, mix, um, helping you transform that so you can go back to what you love most, which is creating content. Okay. Well, I'm, I don't know when that million's coming. I'm there. <laughs> Whatever party or sponsorship you need. I don't know if I'll still be working at hashtag paid, but if, hashtag, if I still am, um, we're supplying sweaters, we're supplying brand dude, deals, whatever dude. the hell it is. That sounds so exciting. Do you think, do you think about that often? Like what you're going to do with that million? So it's funny. So that is where the mission came from. I'm part of a, of a course creator mastermind. I actually joined it recently. Okay. Um, I paid $10,000 to be part of this mastermind. It was the mo- I, I dropped $10,000 on my credit card to be part of this mastermind. But it was like, it's, you know, going back to the whole idea of like surrounding your learning, surrounding yourself with other people who are like at the place you want to be at. Um, and and one of the exercises of this group was we had uh, a person come in and uh, amazing. Basically, he he taught us all called the, it's called the visioning process where it's like the, you think, what is the North Star of your business? And it's, and you, you do not write your mission as though like it's something you're going to be dreaming of at one point in the future. It is, no, you pick a literally a date in the future and you design design it all around as if it's already happened. So it's like, I thought to myself, like, what, uh, what do I want? Like, what do I want to accomplish in the next five years or 10 years? And it's just like, I'm now envisioning, like, once you pick that date and you start like, like actually envisioning what it would take for that to happen, everything falls into place. Cause it's just like, okay, wow. Now, if I want to actually make that happen, that's a hundred thousand sponsorships per year. Or if we're being, I've like really thought about this. Like, okay, if we're really being serious, it's probably not, I'm probably not going to hit a hundred thousand the first year, maybe not in the first two years, but it's going to start to accelerate. Once more people start to talk about it, right? You have to start getting processes in place. This is not just Justin anymore. This is a company. This is other people. This is maybe other creators coming in, teaching other courses about growth strategies, right? Cause that directly correlates to sponsorship. So it's just like all all of a sudden, everything is so uh, so much more clarified. And the other brilliant thing about doing this is that it helps you realize that maybe the business model that you thought you wanted as a creator really isn't right. Because if I want to be making a certain amount of money or if I want this other goal and you're thinking I'm going to be teaching a thousand people a year in my courses, that's not going to like that's not going to make it. That's not going to you're not going to be able to make that happen. So it's just. It's a brilliant, uh, I think I encourage all creators, even if you don't have a course, to start thinking about what your North Star is because um, it's going to help unlock a lot of blocks that you may be experiencing. Do you know a creator named Rob Lawless or Rob 10K Friends? I don't. Oh, man, I'm connecting you two. And uh, you guys are going to have such a killer conversation. All right. His, his mission since 2017 was to meet 10,000 people for an hour each. Oh my gosh. And he's at like close to 5K right now. He came on the pod. He was actually my, the last episode of 2021. And also just so purposeful. Like his whole thing is you don't know what you don't know. So by meeting more people, you're going to start to learn what you don't know. And that's going to help shape perception. Whereas for you, obviously it's a little bit different because it's it's specific to what you love. But man, just powerful listening to this, dude. It's just exciting. I appreciate that so much, man. And to your point, like about 
uh, meeting different people. Like I am all the time. Twitter for the win, man. That's how we met, right? And it's like I have connected with so many people. Like I'm speaking at a, a conference that's going to be attended by like 25,000 creators next week. And one of the things I did prior to uh, to doing the conference is I went through and I DM'd every other speaker. And I said, it's so nice to meet you. I'm so excited to be sharing the stage with you. I just wanted to introduce myself. Uh, can't wait to hear you speak. That's it, right? And like all these other you know, these are people who like really would literally have no direct connection with me. Really, like there's one person who's like an online CPR instructor. Teaching, he has a course about that. There's one person, like just all very eclectic types of things. But it's like awesome. They have these amazing businesses, and it's just like my whole goal is like I want to learn from you. Like you're you're amazing. Like, I don't care how many followers you have. I don't know if I'm bigger or smaller. I I don't give a crap, right? I DM someone who had 450 thousand followers on Instagram. I have 2,500 on my Instagram, and he responded within five minutes. He said, "Email me." We exchanged like 15 emails yet last night all about this stuff. So it's just like, you got to shoot your shot. Like, you know, like I am come from a place of service and like wanting to help people. And it's just like people, uh, you just, you, you, the worst that someone can say, if you reach out wanting to connect is no, or they don't respond. And then you're no worse off. <laughs> I'm sure this is a conversation you have with creators through your course or just in general all the time, right? It's just shoot your shot, come with either a bit of value, obviously, depending where you are in terms of how many followers you have, like the message may change, but I think, again, it's just a, it's so simple, but shoot your shot. You don't know what's going to happen. There's unlimited upside and there's, unless you're an asshole, there's zero downside. Yeah. That, that, you know, to be honest, like what I, what I have found, we had a, actually a whole session about this um, in my course last cohort, all about confidence. Because what, what I have found is that it's not enough to actually teach people frameworks and teach people like, hey, this is what this is what you say when you reach out to a brand. Like the the engineer in me, like I was an engineer trained and like trained. And like that I think I'm like objective of it's like, oh I'll give it to you and you'll do it. Right. But it's like it's much more complicated than that. Like it, a lot of it comes down to like uh fear of rejection, people, you know, actually sending something, what that would mean for their own self-image and self-confidence and imposter syndrome. They probably already have imposter syndrome being putting themselves out there on social media, right? So it's like getting rejected from a brand or not hearing back. It's like, there's a lot of like psychological stuff related to that. And so it was very fascinating to hear other, that's one of the things I love about doing the course is that it's not just, it's cohort, it's live, right? It's not, I mean, it's not like, oh, you would like go and you consume it in the isolation of your bed. No, there's like lots of other creators on the call. The Q and A sessions are incredible. And so it's like people share like, wow, like this is, this was the block for me. Or like, I finally got over, I finally made my first pitch because I was so concerned about, um, you know, brands just like ghosting me or not responding. Or the worst, the worst one for a lot of people is like, wow, the brand actually responded. What the heck do I do now? <laughs> right. So like, you'd think yeah. that that would be a good thing, but like that's, there's a lot of fear associated with some of these things. So for sure. um, very, very, very fascinating. You shoot your shot with the hot girl. You're like, she's yeah. never going to, she's never going to turn around and say, yeah, let's go on a date. And then you're just frozen in time because you haven't thought that far. Makes it makes a ton of sense, but it also it, it, hearing you talk about all this, the fact that you've always enjoyed teaching. Your wife was a preschool teacher, or potentially still is, and there's this element now of really enjoying seeing that transformation. It sounds like you're running the new age school for <laughs> <laughs> these creators or these creatives to make something out of their life and. It's wild to take a step back and be like, well, this could genuinely be a school. It's funny. Like I, I, in the, on the biography section of the about me section of my blog, I recently actually added that word. I said, what is creator talking about creator wizard? And it's, it's a school and community to help you find and negotiate your dream sponsorship so that you stop leaving thousands on the table. Um, and like, I didn't set out to like start a school. I've even thought of like, what would it mean to like get accredited, you know, to have some sort of certification or like some sort of degree program or, so, or something, because it's like, even if you, you know, if you look at any recent studies that have said, oh, you know, 75% of kids or Gen Z or whatever want to be creators, even if a very small fraction of that turns out to be the case, that's a lot of people, right? Much more than our creators today, right? So that's a whole other generation of uh, people actually creating content, but also audiences, right? So um, yeah, I, you know, it's, it, I'm still figuring out what that, how I fit into that. But it, as a, anecdote to that, like, you know, we, when our kids were born, I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old, Liam and Jacob, and we set up 
college funds for them when they, you know, it's called the 529 account in the U.S. Um, and you basically can put money in there tax deferred. So you don't actually act to actually pay taxes as long as when you actually use the money, it goes to a, like an educational expense. But we actually stopped. We, we contributed, uh, you know, every time we did a sponsorship that like they were in it or something, you know, we like put money away. And so it's like there's a lot of money in there now, but we actually recently stopped contributing it to that and put it into a normal, you know, money market account into like a Fidelity account or whatever, uh, because our logic was like, what is college going to look like in in 11 years when our oldest son goes to like graduates high school? Maybe he's not going to go to UCLA, which is my well actually he can't go to UCLA. He has to go to Berkeley cuz I don't want him to leave the Bay Area where I am. No, but for real, like I you know, I would be okay with saying like, "Hey, if you want, you know, you can go to college or or you can start a business or you can maybe you want to be a creator. I don't, I don't know what you want to do. It's, things are going to look a lot different in a decade. And so I think that just speaks to like the how quickly things are changing for the next generation. Yeah. There's creator now, Zach and Zach Onivar, Kate Ward and Arax course also where it's like I think the, the their tagline or their description is film school reimagined. And to your point, it's very interesting thinking about, okay, well, everyone's been given a platform to showcase whatever it is they want, whether it's very technical, math, science, or something more spiritual, or just hilarious, whatever it may be. But there is now a platform, again, to showcase who you are, build your skills. And it's almost like an all-you-can-eat menu. Hey, I want to learn about being a creator, creator wizard. I want to learn about running my own business or writing my own book, I'm sure there's a creator that talks about self-publishing on and on and on and on that to your point, yeah, it is so cool. And that's what I, that's one element of the creator space I'm fascinated with is it's just like it's decentralized school because you're monetizing incredible knowledge and all these people are as accredited, maybe in, maybe not science and, and, and some other fields, but wild to think where this is all going to go. Yeah. I mean, the the interesting part um, also that I've learned is that not every creator wants to be an educator. You know, not everyone wants to actually teach the, teach the next generation of DIY creators or something like that. So it's, it's been that's also been another interesting thing to me as I've seen this explosion of like cohort based courses and just, you know, lots of investment capital going into creator economy startups and things like that right now. Just this all this space being built out very quickly. I think it's going to be very interesting to see because like candidly, a lot of these startups that are, you know, cropping up right now to serve the creator economy. I think they're going to they're gonna be in for a rude awakening, to be completely honest, because the main reason I think is a lot of them, like we talked about earlier, is this whole indirect versus direct uh, monetization angle of like, there's still like creators are a lot of creators are still very uncomfortable having sales conversations with their followers. They're just not. And so like a lot of these are all about like, oh, you know, monetizing your link in bio and like, have you know, give me a 10 bucks to give you a shout out or like all this stuff. Like obviously Cameo and there's been success in this space. I, I think a lot of these companies are underestimating the trepidation that a lot of these creators have to actually say like, hey, pay me to their followers. It's so much easier to like just take a sponsorship or like, you know, get YouTube AdSense and things like that too. So that's one, one thing that was unexpected, I would say, because I I I am comfortable having those conversations, but a lot of people aren't. And so it's just like, I'm just going to be very curious to see if there's like enough demand to sustain all the startups that are cropping up. <laughs> yeah. To your point, where is this all going? Are you riding a hype wave or are you truly understanding the people that you're trying to serve and what they, what they really need? But you've figured out a model that works. You're doing incredibly well. So we don't have to talk about what potentially could go wrong. Give me an overview of... The course. Let's say I'm a creator and I want to come in. I hear about this course. What can I expect? What am I what am I gonna learn? And essentially I guess like how do you sell it to Yeah, creators? sure. So um the first and foremost, I think the most important thing is is that there is a requirement that you have already done at least one paid brand partnership to participate. Um and the reason that I set that requirement is because it is more of an intermediate to advanced level course about how you can start charging a lot more money for your for your sponsorships. And the reason I did that is because I wanted to ensure that there was a, a I didn't want to be like, oh, you have to have like 10,000 followers or something like it, 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 it. There's that's ambiguous because you could have 2000 followers and still be working with a lot of brands because you have amazing content, et cetera. Um, so it's like that felt silly to me. But it's like I feel I felt like having done at least having some experience under your belt working with brands will help prepare you for the fire hose of information that's about to happen to you, right? Because I literally people will and that's honestly uh, something I'm working on is like people will like get like I'll finish and we'll get into the QA section. It's just like shell shocked, right? Because it's like so much information. But it's like the um, and so essentially it's it's a four week live course taught over Zoom. 
And first week is all about pitching strategy. So it's all about how, how you can craft compelling pitches, how you can understand who to actually contact at brands, because that's very complicated. Like I've, for six years running an agency, I was schooled in that over many years. It's like, you know, the marketing manager at a very large brand is not the person handling paid influencer activations. But if it's a 30 person company, it probably is, right? So um, there's just all these little subtleties like that. So that's week one. Week two is all about pricing and negotiation strategy, the hot topic. Everyone wants to know, how, what, what should I charge? Like it's very difficult. I know hashtag paid has a lot of great tools to help people, uh, you know, understand. Yeah, yeah, of course. That was for real, man. This is the the hashtag paid pod. I got to give you guys a shout out. You know, truly, like there's a lot of like, it's it's just very hard sometimes to understand your worth as a creator. So I I have like calculators in the course and things like that too. Talking about, you know, price anchoring and packages and just all that stuff. Week three is all about execution. A lot of creators don't think about this, which is just like, oh, that's like just when you take the photo, you make the video. It's like, that's easy, right? But actually that this portion of the partnership is will actually largely determine whether they decide to hire you again or not. And so talk all about best practices, content delivery, how you actually deliver the content, things to check ahead of time, all about the influencer brief and adhering, making sure that the brand is providing all the information that you need and, and that kind of thing. And then week four is all about nurturing. So once you've actually completed the deal, um, how can you uh, follow up in non-annoying ways, um, delivering value rather than just being like, hey, want to check in? Do you see it? Do you have any opportunities? for me? No, that's not how you follow up. There's all these, there's a whole litany of other things that you should be doing to stay top of mind for the brand. And so, and the reason I want to like real quickly hone in on this point, which is a, a big error that a lot of creators make, which is that when they reach out to brands, you know, talking about a partnership, they get very frustrated because the brand says, Hey, so great to meet you. If they respond, Hey, so great to meet you. Uh, but we're not, we don't have any paid campaigns right now. That's like a, a common refrain, right? And I want to tell all creators listening why that is. Brands and agencies have budgets, budgets that they plan out months, quarters, sometimes up to a year in advance. Okay. And so when you're reaching out on February 22nd <laughs> or some random date, Um, they likely have allocated all their budget for Q1 and maybe even Q2 at that point. Okay. When a brand decides to run a paid, uh, a paid, you know, influencer activation, maybe they will have one to two weeks of recruitment period where they're actually actively looking for creators to run that campaign. Okay. And so the chances of you reaching out during that active recruitment phase are very low, unless it's a brand that's doing ongoing sustained influencer promotion. I, I know a lot of, you know, brands on the hashtag paid platform probably are because, you know, they, they see the value, but a lot of brands still, it's like, we're going to run this one campaign in Q2. That's going to be the whole campaign that we do for 2022. And so it's really important to have that mindset where it's just like, when you're reaching out to brands and pitching them, the goal is not to to like land a paying partnership right then. It's to establish the relationship so that when they are ready to recruit camp, you know influencers, then you're top of mind. And so I, I I wanted to like put that out there because it's very important to shift your mindset from one of short term to long term. And I think even more importantly, you should have this talk with marketers and with these brands. What's so interesting, and I feel like I keep using the word interesting. I got to find a different. Maybe I can put this through like some audio filter and it'll give me like a, a synonym because I keep saying interesting is I piloted an event at hashtag paid and I called it meet the creators and it was essentially speed dating between creators and marketers outside of a campaign deliverable context so just like let's get to know each other let's ask questions Man, I can't tell you the difference in communication and how marketers were like oh wow I didn't realize that and then info that they learned from a creator or, oh, the ideas that the creator gave me were amazing. I'm sitting, sitting to myself being like, hang on, this doesn't make sense. Like the whole process is you find the creator you want to work with. You guys go back and forth. You come up with the idea. Like why was there this element of elation that wasn't seen in a campaign deliverable, deliverable context? And it's exactly your point is they're so focused on, ah, I need to see this result in two weeks for this campaign done. So they don't want to think about, oh, how do we stretch the bounds or how do we do something that's maybe different? And now I'm kind of interested out of those four elements that you talked about that your course offers, your course covers, which element do you see creators get the most excited or like the most value from? I get they they probably get value from the whole thing, but what's the element where they're all like very wide eyed? 
So I, I have made an attempt and I have done this is this will be my fifth cohort cohort coming up. So I've got a lot of experience under my belt on this now. Um, and I try to inject one aha moment into every to at least like to each week. Right. Um, where it's just like, whoa, like eyes, eyes wide open type idea. What, what has been, I think, the biggest eyes wide open experience is actually walking through real negotiations that, you know, my wife and I have done. Other creators have done. I actually, you know, I, I'm very transparent. Like I, I, I think that the only way a lot of people learn is like hearing stories. Right. I can talk about frameworks and methodologies until I'm blue in the face. But when I share real stories of real brands and like this is actually what happened. So one example is like we we had a deal come in and, you know, the brand initially wanted to offer uh, you know, a certain amount. And then when I when I walk through the entire thing and when you get to the actual amount that they paid, people are just like absolutely blown away because it's just like um, really, really what it's about is like being a, a detective because when a you a lot of creators think that like, oh, when a brand reaches out and asks says, how much do you charge for one Instagram post? They just spit back out the number <laughs> and they don't ask any questions. They don't qualify the, the opportunity whatsoever. Um, the biggest and most important important takeaway that anyone listening can take away from this is that the number one thing you should ask a brand is what is the goal of this campaign? Okay. Because there's three main brand, uh, campaign goal types that every brand's going to want to accomplish. The first one is a conversion focused campaign. They want to drive sales. They want to drive clicks. They want to drive app downloads, something very specific. Okay. The next one is content repurposing where, you know, the brand actually wants to take your content. They don't even really care that you post it on your platform. They want to put it on their, you know, Instagram or they want to use it for paid ads or whatever. Right. And then the last campaign goal type is brand awareness. This is where the metrics are squishiest. Right. They want to drive views. They want to drive impressions. They want to drive engagement. They want to drive comments. Right. It is absolutely critical that you understand what goal the brand is trying to accomplish because your proposal should change. What happens when they say, oh, well, actually, we're most excited about getting a bunch of great content from you that we can use. Well, then you come back to them and you say, hey, well, yeah, I know you said you just wanted like one Instagram video, but I can actually make you five. And yes, the investment's going to be, you know, four times as much money or five times as much money. But here's why that's valuable. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's like, how can you possibly craft a compelling pitch unless you know what they're trying to accomplish? Brands might, you might think they want, you you might think they, uh, you know what they want, but oftentimes you don't. So a lot of it comes down to like actually being interested in seeing the brand win. And you can like make so much more money upselling these types of deals for yourself. You know, being the marketer on that side, it's funny how when a creator comes to us and says, hey, I want to create content for hashtag paid's platform, the question I'll always ask is like, yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, cool. Like, what ideas do you have? And sometimes if they come back and they're like, oh, well, I see that you guys are doing this. And so this is what I'm going to do this. And then we're going to do this and this, this. In my mind, I'm now running to my VP of marketing. And I'm like, we have to do this now. Like, I don't care the budget it's going to take. We have to do this now. So to your point, super, super valuable that again, they realize that you can be the catalyst to unlock ridiculous amounts of budget because you're the creative like you're the director yeah and and the the other thing too that i I really need everyone to hear there's a lot of things i really need everyone to hear but this one too (laughs) so so Um, well well, first (laughs) they can hear all uh, of them by signing up for your course that's true (laughs) yes uh it's called brand deal wizard if you want to find out more information just go to branddealwizard.com but that's that's aside from the point what i want what i want to everyone to really hear is that this concept like of a of a sponsorship pipeline this is something i've been thinking about a lot more lately and teaching my course which is that oftentimes creators will get into this situation where they'll be like oh crap uh i don't know how i'm going to pay my bills in 30 days right and what i need you to hear is that that is too late because let's talk about how long sponsorships can take to bring to fruition start to finish. So let's say that you're pitching a brand, right? Okay. You pitch that you're go out, you do some pitches. Maybe it takes three weeks to hear back. Okay. You get that you hook them. You start talking about creative ideas, what you could actually do with them. It takes two more weeks. They got to get approval. Okay. That's five weeks down the drain right there. Right. Then uh, they say, okay, um, we actually want to see a concept from you that we can approve. Okay. So they get the, you get the concept and then they approve that. That takes a week. Then they say, okay, green light. You got the green light to shoot. Or maybe they got it. It takes one to two weeks for them to ship you the product too. Forgot about that. Right. Then uh, green light on the shoot. Okay. You shoot it. Takes a, takes another week. You deliver the draft content for them to review. Right. That takes a week or two, actually three weeks now because legal has their hands in it. Right. Okay, three weeks are gone. What are we at now? I don't even know. Two months, two and a half months. Okay, then. Yeah, too long. Then uh, they give you feedback on the draft. Right. Another week or two. You got to revise it, resubmit it. Another approval round. Okay. then they finally assuming that that's the final round of review, um, then you're you're good to post. But they actually don't want you to post for another two weeks because they wanted to, you know, uh, align with some other marketing stuff that's going up for their brand. Okay. then 
Then once you post it, you have to wait 60 to 90 days, 30, 60, 90 days to get paid. So this is, you know, <laughs> five, six months sometimes, not always, but five, six months. This is a, like that scenario I outlined is very common, with, especially with big brands, right? Five, six months, they actually get that money to hit your bank account. And so that's what I teach is like how you can smooth out the lumpiness of your income with sponsorships because you need to have brands and agencies at every point of that process happening at different times, right? So that... Everything is hitting when you needed to hit. You always have some money hitting in your bank account from a brand that you, you know, nurtured four months ago. So uh, it's very difficult for for creators to like understand this. What's called it really is like a sales pipeline. <laughs> um, to, like how you can apply that for yourself as a creator, and it, it, it's it, it really unlocks a lot when you can start thinking about it that way. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot because two things. One, you said. People learn best when they tell st- when we tell stories, which is so true. And two, you said that you are an open book. I can imagine that there is a situation where you got blindsided by something like this. Was there an instance in your mind that you can think of when you didn't have this deal pipeline figured out and you got smacked in the face because of the realities that come with this long process? 100% right when COVID hit. I mean, that was like a, a really scary time for us, both for my agency and for us personally as creators, because we had contracts that were like signed and like they had clauses that basically that, like, you know, were, would cover acts of God or pandemics and things like this too. And they pulled the deals. And so we had tens of thousands of dollars worth of worth of deals kind of pulled from our plate um, for both the agency and us personally. And there was a good we're very fortunate because it was a, it was a good like three weeks to a month of like really freaking out. But then, interestingly, things actually really started to take off because what happened? Uh, the Olympics were canceled. Big conglomerates that were investing a billion dollars in the Olympics had to reallocate their advertising dollars somehow. A lot of that started flowing into this into the influencer space, and so we we like not just that, but that's an example of like brands started to had to like think on their feet and be like, how are we gonna you know you started seeing all this campaign messaging of like oh the new normal you know and like this is et cetera et cetera right um, everyone had to pull their spots where they were like you know hugging each other eating <laughs> stuff in public like all this stuff right uh, but it's and you laugh but like that actually happened right no, I know so, I know right I know. you remember all that and so it's like a lot of those dollars were reallocated and so we had a like. You know, we were very fortunate. We had a very, very good year that year. But it was like it was very scary because we had, you know, we did have other revenue streams and, you know, affiliates and, and other things like that. But, yeah, I mean, for sure, like we we that was one of the crystallizing moments that started making me think more about this stuff because I hadn't up to that date. I hadn't really thought like, oh, I have a framework for like getting sponsorships. That wasn't like I wasn't like thinking about that at night. It was like it was more just like when I sat down and thought like. Like, why is it that we've been able to be full-time creators for eight years and, like, made so much money on sponsorship? There's, like, a reason. You know, it's got to be a reason. Our viewership numbers on, let's say, YouTube, for example, are the lowest they've ever been by far. Like, the probably the height of our YouTube viewership was, like, seven years ago when we, like, we were pregnant or something when we were having, like, our kids, right? Um, but it's, like... We have literally made we made seven hundred thousand dollars last year. Like we, we we were very I talked about that on on Twitter. Like you know through a very sponsorships, Amazon Live affiliates, my courses, all this stuff. And I'm 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 not saying that to flex, but it's more to like be like you don't have to like be at the height of your influence and getting crazy numbers to make money if you're smart about your business as a creator. It comes to a conversation that I have with a lot of people at work every single day, and it's this idea that. People like to say that influencer marketing and this world of influencer marketing, creator marketing, it's legitimate now. But from this conversation and listening to someone who's in the trenches every single day teaching this, also receiving it, like you're playing both sides, Batman and Robin every day, there's so much left to go. This seems massive. But to your point, if 10% of creators run more legitimate operations, I'm not saying that what they're doing now isn't great. But again, like taking it to this level that you're helping these creators see, brands will start to realize we truly are working with brands. We're not just working with a human. This excites me, but this also gets me like frustrated. Like people like, oh, $22 million, billion dollars, which is not, but it's, I think it's like 10, $9 billion in influencer marketing spend. Where is this going to go? Dude, it has so, so, so much potential to just keep rising. People like yourself helping creators get to that point of real business legitimacy. The, the, the funny thing is, is that, you know, everyone thinks, especially in this space, that it's just like so saturated and like, oh, like every brand does influencer marketing. But I'm constantly, constantly uh, getting messages from creators basically saying like, 
what do I do? This brand has never worked with influencers before. And I, I'm like trying to educate them. I'm confused. Like, how do I, it's frustrating. Like, how do I actually explain to them my value and all this stuff? So it's like every single day, there are thousands, tens of thousands of brands who are just starting to work with influencers. So there's so much opportunity out there. Just do not ever for a second think that like you're too late. Like if you're like, you're not too late. Trust me. There's like so much opportunity for you to come in and provide value to brands who have never worked with creators before crazy to hear how again like you had this whole journey at every element of the journey you're learning something new it's legitimizing what you do but because you play on both sides that knowledge is being spread on both sides there's this overall mission to just be a greater creator and help more people be better creators the one question i guess i have is what's next what else can you do 700k last year all these different revenue streams all around a single singular purpose is there something more or is this just as fulfilling as it gets? This is it, man. Like there, there is, I, well, I have learned over the years that making more and more money does not bring me happiness. Like after a certain point, it was just like, I'm happy. Like I have everything I could ever want. I have a beautiful, loving wife, amazing ki- children, family, health, like, uh, you know, like I, I have nothing else. And so it's like the dream is waking up each day feeling like I'm serving people and feeling fulfilled. There's nothing more satisfying in life than that. And and so it's like that's where my headspace is at and so it's like the mission of like helping, you know, get a million helping folks land a million sponsorships is is in service of that mission. And so it's like I like every day I wake up feeling blessed and it's just like uh I don't I don't think there is anything after that, man, other than other than that. I would be it's actually it's actually funny you asked that because I recently got an acquisition offer for Creator Wizard, which was totally out of left field. It was just like we should join forces, like your your audience and your mission like aligns with our mission. And and so it was just like it forced me to think about like, wow, like what would that mean if I wasn't doing Creator Wizard anymore? Or like at some point, or it wasn't mine. It was like one day I might leave it or something. You know, I would be there for a year or two and then I would leave or something like that. It's just like, I, I could not envision that reality. I was just like, I love what I do too much. I don't want to like stop doing this. I love helping people. So it's just like the financial like potential reward of that was not interesting to me at all, right? And so it's, it's um I don't know. It was an interesting moment. An acquisition. That's a that's a whole different story. Yeah. That's a whole yeah, different super, story. Yeah, maybe that's a whole pot around that. That's like that's like very, very fascinating. This has been an illuminating conversation, such a fun conversation. No matter if a camera dropped off midway. Let's end off on this. I know you got the new cohort coming up. I got it. What day does it start? Where can people go? Plug your stuff. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Okay, so waitlist. If you want, if you really wanted to get in, so it's capped at fifty creators for the next uh, enrollment. So uh, for the next cohort. So uh, if you want to get on the waitlist, I do let folks in on the waitlist uh, a day or two early. So you you heard it here first. So branddealwizard.com is the waitlist. Um, but uh, if you have if you're not ready for that, that's totally cool. But I would love you to sign up for my newsletter because I share out sponsorship, paid sponsorship opportunities every single week in my newsletter. This is completely free. So <laughs> if you want to get paid sponsorship opportunities, there's uh, about 2,200 other creators on my newsletter right now. It's a, it's a bunch of fun. Uh, I share out not just those, but like new videos and like news articles and all, all sorts of opportunities and stuff. So uh, you can just go to creatorwizard.com slash join. would love to have you there. Oh, what a great episode. You know, the one thing that stuck in my mind, it actually wasn't a quote this time, so maybe I'm breaking the rules, but it was a number, 1 million brand deals by 2032. What a powerful purpose. Imagine waking up every morning and there is this grandiose goal that you are driving towards for the next five to 10 years. You've set that goal because you really want to do it and it brings you that fulfillment. I can't imagine anything more powerful. If you like this episode, I wonder if there's two things that you can do for me. One, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. But the other side, drop a note and say, hey, I'm at D-A-T-K-E-E-D, Datkeed, on Instagram, on Twitter. It'd be awesome to know who you are, what you love about this space, and maybe one day you're coming on. Well, have a great week, and we'll see you next week.